Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Sandersonites? This is Steven, your host from Hotology, with my lifelong friends Josh and Ben, here to talk about the Sanderson secret projects that have been breaking the internet. I mean, it even made national news. I saw over the weekend, there was a little like CBS morning spot with Sanderson talking about how he wanted to be the next Stan Lee. That seems to be the next thing he he likes to throw out there. So this is I like mean, he's, a big deal. This is not, this is not the first time you said that. <clears throat> but this is the first time you said it and people have paid attention. Yeah. So. Well, it's the first yeah. time you said it to people that already don't consider him kind of like Stan Lee. Because all the yeah. fantasy people are like, if they had to pick a Stan Lee of fantasy, it would be Sanderson. Yeah. <laughs> but um, all the normies are like, who's this guy? Like, nice severance reference, Josh. No, that's or I guess that's Audis. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. Oh, severance. Oh, severance. Okay. Oh, we're, not doing, we're not doing that. No, no. Severance is another episode. Ooh. Have we not yet. Personally, personally, I haven't seen severance yet, but you guys can talk about it. Anyway, uh, Sanderson. So yeah, apparently someone at the Dragonsteel PR decided that Stan Lee was like the new thing for Sanderson. And it's great. It fits perfectly. And uh, you know, we'd we'd love to see it. We obviously. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the secret project. We already did an episode about like what it was, about how thing it was changing publishing, etc. He posted a really cool uh, fact about uh, like why he was doing it and and what's what things he saw in the publishing landscape. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the contents of the projects, one, two, three, and four. I thought we were just doing the Cosmere ones on this recording, so I haven't even read the second one. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see how we do. Should Steve, we just kind of slacked on his homework? Yeah, apparently, yeah. I, I'm ready to go with the Cosmere stuff, though. That's what I care about. I, I mean, I'll read all of this stuff, but the Cosmere stuff is what I, I, I'm I, I'm here for. Also, if you clicked on this, I'm assuming you know it's going to be full spoilers. Should we just full Cosmere spoilers? Like, obviously, well, we're not going to take be, time yeah. to spoil every little thing. Like, we're not going to say, you know, we'll we'll do as spoiler free as we can when it comes to like specific Cosmere mm-hmm. books, but just assume that if you're not current on the Cosmere, you might get spoiled. And fortunately, none of us, while we are big fans, none of us are super big experts on the Cosmere. So we're not going to know all the details that you might be worried about having spoiled for you. Yeah, for sure. All right. So full spoilers, starting with uh, project one. Yeah. Okay. So this one's called Tress of the Emerald Sea, and it's inspired by Princess Bride. And Sanderson wanted to make a similar story, but from the perspective of like Princess Buttercup actually does things. And that's the trust character. And we haven't necessarily seen that yet in the first five chapters, but it seems like, you know, she's about to go off on her adventure after the prince has been kidnapped or forced off into this like weird courtship with a sorceress that just sounds really bad. So um, with all of that, what did you guys think of this one? How excited are you for number one? So I, I really enjoyed this one. I enjoyed kind of the more ephemeral tone to it. 
Um, I also thought that it was, you could totally tell that it was a gift for his wife. You know what I mean? Like this was not something that Sanderson would normally write, but he did say he enjoyed experimenting with the voice. Mm -hmm. And it is also told by wit, uh, which is also important or by Hoyt, I guess. Yeah, so that's that's cool that we get a Hoyt story out of this. And it's cool that he gets to experiment with different voices for Hoyt as well. Yeah, and in terms of this one by itself, um, I really like the the tone of it. Um, I read, what was the Stephen King book we read last year, Ben? The fairy tale one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dragon's Eyes? Yeah, something? yeah. Oh, Eyes of the Dragon. Dragon. Yeah, and this kind of had a kind of feel like that, you know, whimsical, fairy tale-ish. I, I think that the Princess Bride is better, probably a better comparison, but this feels a lot more like a fairy tale. And um, still with Sanderson, you know, you're going to get top notch world building. It had that, it had a cool setting, you know, she's stranded in the middle of the sea, but the sea is full of poisonous spores that will kill you if, if contacted. Um, so you just get this immediately They're trapped on the island yeah immediately they can't leave well built yeah. out world with compelling characters that you know he establishes in the first few chapters of a book you know is sometimes we take for granted how well sanderson kind of nails the basics of these type of things and there's you know for sure he doesn't do characters the best and he doesn't do like there's not but they're all he's he's done well enough that it's compelling for me um to just pick up a book and start reading it and know that I'm going to kind of get the basics are going to be good. These these are also interesting because they're on the shorter side for Sanderson's works. They're not novellas, but they're shorter. Uh, and so he doesn't waste as much time. Just like he does some info dumps. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in each of these, he, he does info dumps, which I enjoyed because it's, it's been a while since we've gotten like a new Sanderson world. So I, I really enjoy getting those like, uh, like snippets kind of a bit early. Seem kind of fairy tale-ish to set set the uh, set the stage, I guess, with an info dump type thing. Like that's the fairy tale genre. Yeah, for sure. It's also like these kind of uh, more whimsical like set pieces. Like you have like the tea cups being mailed back and forth, and you have the son of a you know king and like the prince and the town girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was interesting though because you know somebody asked him if if these characters were based on him and his wife. And he was like, well, they share a lot of the same attributes, but he also said that his wife has vetoed uh, like appearing in any book that he wrote, he writes. Uh So I don't know. It's kind of like cutting a middle ground of like, this was just supposed to be a present for her. So maybe he like did take like a bit more um, like liberties with writing her in than he might normally do. Hmm. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't want to be written into a book by my spouse either. That just, (laughs) seems like there's potential for disaster there <laughs> right yeah you don't want to be eventually killed if you if your marriage goes through a hard time <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um i thought it was okay i i don't know if i'm super crazy excited for it i thought i mean i know it's a fairy tale but it's a, like a little overly cheesy for my preferences i i like sanderson's cosmere stuff a lot more not this was cosmere but I'm more of I'm more here for like the adult fantasy aspect of Sanderson with like yeah. the hard hitting themes and and the cool magic mm-hmm. and all of this and this doesn't seem to have too much of that yet. I mean I'm sure yeah. there will be some things, but it's not my favorite way to consume Sanderson. Yeah, you're more like Shadows of Silence and the Force of Hell and like 
you know, let's be chased by fades and figure out how to use salt to protect ourselves. Or I whatever, mean, I think I'm silver. I think I'm more Stormlight Archive. To like, oh, that's fine. It starts with the action. Well, I was just There's... going for like the length of like that. We're oh, doing here. sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. Although I haven't read it for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there were some Cosmere things. So one of the biggest speculation people have is who's the story being told to, because he hints at the end that you can yeah. pick up who it's being told to. And the the most popular guess that I've seen on Reddit, people seem to like is it's someone from Warbreaker because of the way that he describes all the color. Um, I think there might have been some other reasons why that makes sense. Uh, and and like I said, we're not probably going to be uh, your your best source of real deep Cosmere stuff. But uh, yeah, like visit 17th Shard for that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So we can report back that the people that know seem to <laughs> seem to think Warbreaker. <laughs> yeah. And people have asked him like on a few of the live streams, very color specific questions. And he was like, Ooh, good question. Rafa. Mm. That was my Sanderson. That time. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also, I think, has he confirmed this or th- there's also a lot of speculation that th- this has to do with the Aethers. Like he wrote this story, um, yeah. I think Aether of Night and it's not published yet. And it's this whole different magic system. And um, Ray's, Ray's your, you know, favorite world hopper from Stormlight Archive has one of these aethers and we haven't seen them yet they hold investiture on their own it's like this whole different magic system thing it's kind of like a cherry cherry yeah uh maybe i i mean cherry cherry can like suck them in suck in investiture but the aethers like produce it on their own or they like are investiture on their own i i don't know probably gonna get that wrong but i don't think we really know very much uh and he yeah even if you even if you've read the original draft of Aether of Night, I think he's going to be changing that when he finally publishes something. But the thought is this yeah. is related. Yeah. The one other thing is that it references the Iriali people who are up in the northern part of Roshar, the ones that joined Odium in Rhythm of War. And it talks about how they had like left this planet, Tress's planet, 300 years ago. And apparently that aligns with the Ariali that we know of because they have this like religious system where they're moving around or something. And this is like the fourth place. Roshar is like the fourth, fourth place they've been to. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know if we know too much about that, but there's, you know, some Roshar connection, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that is super interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a good overview of the first one. Um, nothing too exciting, but also it's exciting. I think it's exciting to see Sanderson experimenting here. Sure. And, and so if nothing else, I can appreciate that. It does. It definitely felt like the, you know, there's one uh, wit or Hoyt story in every Sanderson novel. And this does feel like one of those just extended, Mm -hmm. you know, like the girl who looked up or the dog and the dragon or um, the wanders, forget the the wander sale one or the, uh, the running one, whatever that one was called. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're really big experts here. (laughs) Look it. It's uh, there's a lot to, lot to remember here. <laughs> okay, so okay. that's good for the first one. Uh, Josh has just rejoined us, but uh, Josh, you missed your chance for the first one. We're done with that one. Um, should we go to? Okay. Do you guys want to talk about number two well, at all? Well, it's let's not. Do, let's do the Cosmere related, ones, but... and then if we have time, Ben and I will circle back um, to number two. Okay, uh, so number three is called Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, and it's a much more kind of like Asian 
uh, comic uh, manga type influenced thing going on here. And it's this cool setting where it switches back every chapter between uh, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, the two main characters. And they seem to be in drastically different places. But by the end, they've come together somehow magically. And he said in the end notes that the way the story is going to proceed is they have to, each of them has to learn the other's magic system in order to escape or like get back to where they were or, you know, solve whatever problems are, are coming up. Yeah. It's kind of like a body, body swap system, but it's not really body swap because they perceive themselves as being in their own body. Anyway, this is, this is Sanderson does Freaky Friday. Yeah, exactly. And so he, he said that it draws a lot of, from like two other sources, neither of which I knew. It was like your name or some, something like that. And I don't know, probably manga mm-hmm. um, related things. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I, I imagine Sanderson just has like rock stacking videos that he watches to calm himself down or like to help him sleep or something. And he just like harness that because he like described that so well, you know, like all those rock stacking scenes. Are there rock stacking videos? You've never watched rock stacking? No, is that Seriously? a thing? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, Ooh, you guys have you guys have a, oh a YouTube boy. rabbit hole to that go That sounds pretty exciting. <laughs> You've never seen people stack rocks? <laughs> no, <laughs> like competitively okay, well, or just these people just like they go out like in a river and get like different sized rocks. I mean, like you read the book, like you read the uh-huh. the chapters. It is pretty much exactly like that. The they scene go, in like, the book these, was cool. Yeah, so imagine that only IRL. Can they really make as cool and intricate of stacks that yeah. that Yumi was able to make? Okay, let me just. You okay, just we'll take your about this. I'll share a picture. No, 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 no. We're we're not going to mess with screen sharing in this. <laughs> I'll just put it on Discord. We'll take yeah. Follow us on Discord, and you can talk about rock stacking with Ben. Um, for now, <laughs> what else was premium there? premium content? This yeah, is really, really high for the rock stuff. stacking. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Um, the thing that I thought was most interesting was how futuristic this seemed to be in the way that he was telling the story. So I would assume that this is a like post Stormlight 5 situation, especially with Hoyd appearing with design, his cryptic, on this different world. So they've made it off Roshar so far, which currently is not possible, but is something that the Ghostbloods are trying to do. So I would assume this is like era well, two we know it's Stormlight. kind of possible to get off roshar we well not people... for not for spren well we know yeah yeah okay not yet i don't know if we knew that well spren can definitely hang out on the cognitive realm and they can just walk long enough and they'll be off roshar right so mm, we haven't seen it i'm pretty sure they're connected their investiture is connected to the planet i i don't this is something that i don't think I don't want to say something because I'll probably be wrong. People but... on Reddit seem to think that this is important. <laughs> can't just invoke Reddit. All right. Actually, no, that does give it more credence. Yes. Yes, I can. Because <laughs> they would have gotten Reddit, downvoted. Yeah. Reddit knows all. Reddit knows all. This is, this how is you, like how you crowdsource mid-2000s your Wikipedia articles. No, no, no. Be, yeah. Because like Josh said, you're downvoted if you, if you just spew nonsense. That's true. Okay. So we're assuming that well, we are, we always kind of knew that eventually they would be able to be successful, right? Like they're the eventuality of their success, whether it's the ghost sure. that do it or somebody else, like Sanderson has laid the groundwork for um, being able to have different magic systems being used in different worlds using oh, yeah. different I mean, types of investors. He, he's done a, 
he did that one reading of the sequel to six of the dusk where there's a lot of things going on and yeah obviously this is all going to come together at some point yeah which we see a lot in secret project four to be honest uh-huh. and in terms of the time period relative to our time period i think somebody asked um he said that this is like post-industrial uh japan like maybe around the 19 like 1910s 1920s i think he said okay yeah i can see that a cool setting you know I, especially with era yeah. two of Mistborn wrapping up like it's it's pretty it's cool just to you know we talked about him being like stanley but another marvel comparison is this kind of seems like he's transitioning from like a marvel phase like marvel like phase one phase two phase three phase <laughs> yeah. four you know it's yeah, kind of kind like of. he's transitioning into you know phase three of his uh-huh. standardverse uh-huh. well you definitely i mean there's gonna like after Stormlight five and after uh Mistborn or like Her second team. era comes to an end like he's yeah. wrapping a bunch of stuff up right now you know yeah, this definitely seems like endgame type of situation. I mean, maybe it's just because we're at the same point in both, but like that's a big enough transition for Marvel. And this seems like a really big transition for Sanderson. This almost feels like he's laying, he's putting stuff out for after he finishes this era, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. this is like inter- introducing the next era of kind of moving into having more technologically advanced societies, you know, a little bit more mm-hmm. sci-fi going on, having the ramifications of what have, has happened previously. Mm-hmm play a big role i'm excited for it i'm here for it so to me this also felt kind of like warbreaker in the sense that like there's this you know like woman who like has a lot of uh like not a lot of freedom he's kind of being controlled by priests yeah she you know uh, mm-hmm. wants to perform her duties but um also has kind of like this internal tension so i and i mean i think that that was kind of cool to see although if it's too much like warbreaker i think that would start to diverge with the whole like body mm-hmm. split thing uh but it was I, I was hoping that it wouldn't go too much further down that path I, I have two more little connections for you did either one of you guys read or watch the shadow and bone series yeah so, seems kind of like that with like the darkness like whatever they call that big uh yeah the you know thing in the, yeah, yeah whatever there's it has creatures that come and attack you in Shadow and Bone, there's this big there's a shadow between the two lands that is totally dark. And if you go into it, you're going to be attacked and killed brutally. There's monsters in there. I don't, I don't know that there's, well, I guess there's nightmares in this one. But yeah, there. well, that was also, that was a cool concept. Like the whole like nightmares coming to life and like, like that nightmare like stroking yeah. the like four-year-old's face. Man, that was some mm. very cinematic, scary stuff right there. Was it basically banishing a Bogart? The way that he oh, that's what I meant, does. not the Dementor, the Bogart. Yeah. Well, it Bogart with Dementor powers basically is yeah. what we have. Or a Dementor with Bogart powers. That might be a better fit. Well, a Dementor that can be vanquished as a Bogart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's just it's also crazy that these nightmares have like destroyed uh like the entire civilization. This also seemed to me a bit like um what are they the fate no what are they called in um the second book of uh Dresden? no 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 um the second uh, book of the golden compass and then the okay. the, the second book in the, uh, the amber of the series amber spyglass the, the amber spyglass yeah but do you know what i'm talking about like the the when kids turn a certain age they get attacked by the fades that are flying around uh maybe honestly it's been a little bit since yeah. i had those ones okay 
sorry, that was probably a bad comparison, but it seemed pretty similar to mm. that. So, yeah. yeah. The thing that I can't figure out is uh, how the two sides are connected. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we know that, I don't know, one is light, one is dark. Are they both on Roshar or no? Because it's, I didn't think they were, but okay. I know, I they thought they were. They mentioned Alethi. No, no, yeah. no. This is all, these are all new worlds. Definitely well, yeah. not Roshar at all. Well, no, he I think said, it might be in the he, same. He said they were all new shard worlds. Okay. I think that they might be in the same uh, const- constellation or like a neighboring planet to Roshar because he does talk about the Alethi. So do you well, think that like no, people... the, Ro- the Rosharing system doesn't have any more planets that could be inhabited? Like if you look at the okay. map of things. But, but we do no know way. that they referenced Alethi, right? Yeah. Like, Well, so what, me- yeah, I guess that's the question. Like, who is he telling the story to? But he well, could be yeah. telling it to any world hopper, anyone who's familiar, because he uses right. he uses uh, like Nimi, which is what Zeth calls. That was another reason why I thought it was yeah be close to Roshar. Yeah, yeah. So it could be. It could also be in the future where they've had a lot of people from Roshar travel to this world, right? That's also a possibility. Yeah, it could. He could just be like hanging out at Silverlight with all the world toppers and telling it to anyone really who's somewhat familiar what did you think about hoyd being like uh like han soloed trapped in time is what he said yeah it was totally a han solo type situation where he's like yeah like uh-huh. right right that was interesting his eyes were open i think it was cool seeing characters that we previously thought were kind of invincible being mm-hmm. brought to their knees a little bit i mean we kind of see that well, at the ending of of. And again, it was done by a cryptic friend. The owner of that soup shop was a cryptic friend. That well, that's design. That's Hoyd's friend. That's Elikar's. Oh, is that Hoyd's friend? It's Elikar's friend. Gotcha. So that the uh, I guess I didn't. The one that was going to bind to Elikar that Hoyd picked yeah. up, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole discussion about them getting off of Roshar. Man, sorry. I yeah, I, I only read this like on the airplane early in the morning, so I I must have missed that. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of details here. Yeah, no. Design is the spread that Hoyd has bonded to, right? The cryptic from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so they've they've made it off of Roshire, which Reddit thinks is significant. So, but how did he? How was he trapped? Then we don't know. I thought. Oh, it no, was no, the, we don't know. I, okay. Yeah. Said the cryptic painted him copper or some you know design like helped with the disguise, but didn't wasn't the one I that see. did so it. So he was frozen before that, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, one other thing to note. So it mentions a shard called Virtuosity, which splintered herself. Apparently, this is the shard of this area. Okay, so on to number four, which is called the Sunlit Man, which is I think the one that most people are going to be most excited for because everyone loves Stormlight, and here we have Sigzil doing a new adventure off years after this is after Stormlight or this, yeah, this is after book five. Um, and the result of Stormlight five, Sanderson said, Sanderson said the result of Stormlight five is very important for what we're seeing here. So we're kind of like picking up the pieces and, and something big has happened. We can make like some conjectures after reading the first 10 chapters, but there's obviously a still, you know, a lot that has to happen. And I, he said, there's like slight spoilers to what you're going to see happening in Stormlight 5, but he didn't seem to consider that big of a deal. So uh, maybe that's like a commentary on how, what Sanderson feels about spoilers in general, because 
I mean, there's some stuff here. What did you guys think? I, I should preface, I'm only like three and a half chapters into this thing. So I, I was not able to finish it before recording. Well, so here's my thing. I don't know how time, like if time travel is possible in the Cosmere, because it seems like this is pretty distant future compared to where they're at well, in Roshar. He doesn't think of it as super distant. Like technology, do you say that because it seems like technology has advanced yeah. pretty pretty dang far? Yeah. But in yeah. one person's lifetime to go from medieval technology, but they're well, all he's got I mean, so maybe you guys probably I'm just gonna make an assumption here. You guys might not have picked up on this, but what's happened is he touched the Dawn Charter. Like he got connected to the Dawn Shard somehow. Interesting. Okay. That's the that that's why he's in the state that he is. Because he can't attack anything, right? That's that he he refers to this as his torment. He he cannot attack anything. This is why Wit Hoyd can't physically harm anyone because he also held the Dawn Shard for some amount of time and was was connected to it. So Sigzel either still has this connection. And towards the end, uh, Ben, you haven't read this yet, but he gets the kind of this like vision thing from Hoyd going on. And Hoyd says he kind of apologizes for what he did to Sigzil at the end of Stormlight 5. He doesn't say Stormlight 5, obviously, but, you know, he kind of refers to this like big calamity type event thing that that put us at this state. And he references the Don Shard and like this night brigade that's coming after him seems to be part of this as well. So we can kind of pick up some pieces here and figure Sigzil did something with the Dawn Shard at the end of Stormlight 5, and it was connected to saving Hoyd and saving the Cosmere, because Hoyd says, like, you saved the Cosmere by doing this, yet you've kind of, like, damned yourself to this terrible situation you're in. So, because it caused him to break his oaths, it sounds like. Well, it it either caused him to, or it was part of what happened. Like, we don't know that that was a direct cause, but yeah, it definitely says he broke his oaths, and He's got this spren that's bonded to him, auxiliary. I mean, we assume it's a spren. Seems like a spren, right? Well, it can transform into different shards. Yeah, but he says he's dead, but he's not dead in the way that we're familiar with dead spren. Maybe because of the Dawn Shard connection. But also auxiliary doesn't really seem like a high spren, like an honor spren. We we know that dead spren can take the form of a shard blade, and we know that they have some form of cognition because of um, you know, it was um, what was the epic quote? Yeah, Maya. What was her epic quote? Uh, I, we, we, chose, chose we chose this. We chose. Yeah. yeah, we chose or whatever. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so we know that there's some form of cognition. Well, no, they they made that choice before. Well, right, but died. but Maya was able to know what was going. She might have been able to break through, but it like almost caused her to go insane. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say there's different levels it's like having conversations with this friend yeah but it, it seems like it seems like maya's getting some sort of consciousness back through her bond with adeline mm. or adeline so, right? so you think that uh, auxiliary just died and has come back in the same think, way that we've i think that there's different levels of being dead i don't know like yeah of of, of a sprint that isn't fully bonded but is getting some sort of substance through the night through a nail yeah. nail bond I mean, I'm just questioning if this is an honor spread even. Auxiliary doesn't sound like an honor spread name. That's true. That's a good point. To, okay, to your time travel point, we know that time travel is not possible in the Cosmere. You did He's, say that, didn't you? You said time travel is not possible and multiple oh. dimensions are not possible. Okay. Uh, 
So we know that that's not happening. So he's not, but he was not really Stanley then. He's <laughs> not Stanley. He's shutting down two huge Marvel things right there. <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, I mean, different worlds for sure develop technology at different speeds. Yeah. I mean, we know we also know for a fact that Sazed has said that he slowed down the rate of progression on oh the world of Mistborn because Schedule. he like yeah schedule because he made things too easy for them so i mean i think that if you're jumping if you're world hopper then you're probably going to see technology that's beyond your time and we know that sigzo has been jumping from world to world like this is part of what he has been doing yeah Yeah. skipping right right but yeah he knows about jet engines and and rifles and i mean those two things i think there was something else i mean obviously he's like flying flying cities yeah yeah, so he's seen a lot. Yeah. So one kind of critique that I don't know about critique. I've been like listening to all of Sanderson's live streams and all of like everything and like hearing kind of all of his crazy wacky like ideas. Mm-hmm. Like he talked about like falling cities and like um, just kind of all these like out there ideas that he's had. This definitely did seem like I have this kind of wacky idea for the city. Like, and I'm just going to like write about it. And then immediately afterwards, write about like, all like he's like oh Sigzo's trying to like stop himself from like thinking about all the um ramifications of it but he just can't help himself i'm like i could kind of see sanderson writing himself in there a little bit you know where it's like oh if this is a city how do they harvest things how do they mine how do they like they have to outrun the sun like what's what's the implications Mm -hmm. and it was like a little bit like just kind of info dumpy but also almost him writing himself in the book Mm. i felt like and you didn't you didn't like that I don't know. I I didn't dislike it, but I also it's kind of like when the curtains pull back a little bit. And I have been like listening to all things Sanderson. Like mm-hmm. I've been really in the weeds with it. And so maybe it's not fair for me to say that. You know, like obviously when author is this open about his process and like this open with all of his ideas, you know, it's it's hard for him to make things appear original when when he's that, you know, open. So I'm not like faulting it. It did, but it did feel like uh, this is just Sanderson like talking about one of his like crazy ideas you yeah. know also I, I will say this is the first draft and it hasn't it doesn't yeah. seem like it's been through an editor so there's that you know maybe that gets cleaned up through the editorial process or a second draft of like cleaning that kind of stuff up um, that didn't really stick out that much to me but I, I can see what you're saying with it there's a couple yeah. other Cosmere things so the people that he comes across he recognized them as being uh, Threnodites. So Threnody is the place where Shadows for Silence takes place. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. And their names were really interesting. It was like, what, what was it? Uh, I don't know. One of their names had Adonalsium in it. Yeah. That was kind it? Of a, I, I, yeah, honestly, I thought that was weird and maybe a little cheesy. I didn't understand that. It, their, their names were like, based off of concepts like kind of how somebody would name their kid faith or hope or charity for us well yeah and we know that that's that's the case in shadows of silence too yeah right so it'd be kind of like naming your kid god i don't know Uh, or uh jesus or you know like (laughs) oh that's true joshua that's my name it's like a derivation of the hebrew yeshua you know like (laughs) it's where joshua comes from so can't really uh, fault them for that uh, so we have we have that connection. I, I guess I, I don't know what to make of that really, other than you know, cool. We have that system back in action, and then 
he Ben, you haven't come to this yet, but he uh, comes across this like Scadrian metal of some kind. It seems like some kind of key that these guys have, and they're going to use this to get underground and uh, and find refuge. So now there's thought of the like the the Scadrians are around somewhere. So lots of I mean these are a lot of systems that are coming together here in this one, and it kind of makes me wonder like. At what point is it too complicated? Like, at what point is it too much for the... Because Sanderson's got a really big reader base, a really big fan base. But, you know, how many of them are really in the weeds with even, even like, knowing what the different systems are and knowing what the different magics are? Like, do they all really care about this? Or are people more just kind of, like, there for the stories and something like this could be too much? Like, I wonder how much thought he's put into this decision. I think he's put in a lot of thought. I'm because, sure. I'm sure, yeah, I guess I should. I'm sure he's put in a lot. But yeah, I think I think that the main narratives are going to stay pretty tied to their own storyline. You know, mm-hmm. like you are becoming more Cosmere aware, but like you could talk to somebody who just breezes through Stormlight and like doesn't even know Mistborn exists, doesn't get the connect connection to Kelsier, like doesn't, you know. Yeah, and but they're going to enjoy. He it. has said that. He has said that it's going to become more and more important right but you know but so. again i think he's kind of taking his cue from comics like you can read a comic storyline and like know you're missing a few things but still like get a compelling narrative that you that you enjoy reading like and maybe miss out on some easter eggs maybe a person's decision doesn't mm-hmm. make all that much sense in the moment or whatever but like you can still enjoy the issue and so i think that that's kind of what he's going to be what it's going to be and also i think people backing sanderson and kickstarter like I think that they they're gonna be they are the ones that are in the weeds with it, and this does seem like a cool like thing to give to his, his yeah I guess more hardcore fans 33, 34 plus million and counting like doesn't doesn't lie, and I really did this is something just expanding it out I really like that he posted all these chapters before the Kickstarter ended so if somebody was like hmm, I'm gonna wait to see what these books are before I back him on Kickstarter. Like they could get a taste and be like, you know what? Maybe this is too in the weeds for me. Maybe I shouldn't back it mm-hmm. or they can cancel their backing. If yeah. I think you can also like back something. Yeah. Too. Like, yeah I I've you... done that before. Okay. So like if it's before the Kickstarter ends, you, you can pull your back. And so I think that that's really, that, that was a classy move, you know, of him to do. So do you think we're not going to get the Avengers Endgame where all the characters come together and all of the, you know, plot lines are maybe, there for at least we one will, big but... movie? Yeah, I think we will. But taking that same example, like if somebody didn't see Black Panther, then yeah, maybe it's like the f- finale is like one like one fiftieth less powerful when they do the Mar- the Avengers assemble. Like they don't know who Black Panther is, but like as long as you generally know that there's other movies and you've seen a good amount of them, that mo- that moment's going to be pretty impactful. You know, if but Josh, know I think every character is. I think really it's matter. a little bit less. I, I see the comparison, right? Like, obviously, the comparison is there. But what, in a movie, you don't have to understand the magic system of Doctor Strange in the same way that you would yeah. have to understand, like, Alamancy. You know, it's like you can just watch Doctor Strange be cool and be okay with that. But, like, when you see, you know, characters come over from other worlds and start using powers, you're going to be like, what is going on? You know, like, why can they suddenly push on metal? You know, or, like, if... Mm-hmm. if or if you had read Mistborn like 10 years ago, you'd be like, I remember that. And it's going to bother me that I don't understand what's going on. And on the flip side, I don't think any of us want to read the Cosmere Endgame book and have like, have it explained once again, 
he ingested steel and then saw the lines and he pushed on them. And it's like, okay, we know, we, we know what's going on. So yeah. he's got to kind of like walk the line somehow. It's, and it's that probably is, possible, right? Well, and he's talked about how with the advent of like, honestly, this type of stuff, authors don't have to spend as much time reviewing it. He talked about like how Wheel of Time would have to spend like, you know, 50 pages at the beginning of each book, basically explaining everything again, because people didn't really have resources to go mm-hmm. and catch up. Yeah, I mean, whatever video we make, like 10 years from now, when, when the end game comes out, he's probably going to be relying on people like that to catch people up. Oh, you know? okay. Okay, Sanderson's so, relying on gotcha. us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're carrying the weight of Sanderson on our That's backs. Right. Just, you no know. one, no um, one else is making this content. No really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a good point. But I, I think, I'll see, I have a coworker that's read most of the Cosmere, that, but she's not super into it, you know? And so I'll, I'll talk to her throughout next year. And as these secret projects come out, her brother got it for a birthday present for her. So she's going to be reading all of them. So I'll talk to her and be like, hey, you know, what, what do you mm, think of these? Yeah. And it is interesting because obviously we are probably in like the 95th percentile of people who have read these books. But like, there's a lot of people between us and like the 100th percentile. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Reddit. that like know a lot more, Reddit, much more right? invested. <laughs> Yeah, Reddit. Yeah. yeah, they're a lot more invested. You're only in the 80th percentile. Are they invested, Ben? <laughs> yeah. I, I think 95th is probably pretty fair for us. We we know a lot, but we also don't know a lot. I think 90th, yeah. like 85th. Just 90? Okay. There's a lot of hardcore people out there. It, when, yeah. when we were uh, doing our uh, review episode of like everything you need to know for Rhythm of War, I remember like, spending so much time reading and like feeling like I knew like I felt like you know that meme where like you have brain like connection just going everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's like amazing how uh how quickly like you just kind of start to forget and how like to Stephen's point like all those connections just become a lot more obscure even like after a couple of years you know so that's yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens okay I don't think we have time to go back to project number two so this is just going to be a Cosmere specific one okay fair enough yeah fair enough i'm really excited for project two i'm just putting it out there probably more excited do you want to stuff we okay we could do five minutes on do you guys want to like pitch it to me oh yeah really short pitch um it's it's a sanderson hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy this guy wakes up he doesn't really know what's going on he has a few memories scattered here and there um and then he realizes that he remembers that he's bought a pocket dimension and that he's kind of like the god of this dimension type thing but he doesn't have any powers and he's kind of like stuck with no resources in this dimension that he's the owner of it's kind of like hitchhiker's guide meets meets terry dresden meets terry pratchett yeah you know so it's Mm. it's gonna be cool it was so funny after i read this i was like i felt so smart because like i remember this podcast they had talked about like the similar concept and I like made this connection um, with like the uh, guy that wrote the the book. And I, I was like, threw this theory up on Discord and people were like, yeah, dude, he talks about that, that after like his reading it on YouTube. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> like all this like research I had done. And I just, uh, it was completely pointless. <laughs> I mean, at least it validates you're on the right track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. Anyway, but anyway, I'm excited for it. I think you would like it, Stephen. I'm really excited, you know. So is it funny? It feels like this needs to be funny in order for it to really land. Well, 
it's funny yeah i guess i, I don't re- i think it will be funny the tone is humorous i think he'll do a okay. good job but i'm a fan Sanderson humor is just so hit and miss for me i've been rereading uh miss Bornera too i'm almost finished with alley of law and i actually thought it was pretty funny like funnier than i remembered because i remember it at, when i first read it, i think it was kind of cheesy but then there are some other things that i still am pretty solidly convinced is just cheesy and not that funny but some people love all of his humor i don't know i think that there's going to be definitely some situational humor in here that is going to need to i think what he needs to do is let joe abercrombie read through his book and just offer five suggestions (laughs) where he gets to write a paragraph and then i think that would elevate sanderson's writing like so much that's that's what i'm convinced of Mm. if if you could just let abercrombie go add strategic five paragraphs throughout okay yeah That'd be crazy if Abercrombie becomes Sanderson's like line editor. <laughs> That's just all I'm saying. Abercrombie's humor is top notch. I love it so much. Throw in some butcher too for this type of style. I think would, I guess, would work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe butcher. Maybe Jim Butcher's son should become Sanderson's apprentice. Did you? Just came out yeah. Did you see? Kid. I yeah. Jim yeah. Butcher's son is now published, or he will be coming out with his first book later this year. There you go. Don't have a Molly in there. real fast (laughs) nice okay so that's our uh, coverage of the secret projects let us know what you think if you want to chat with us more you can do that on discord links to join discord will be in the description below and the sad thing about all this is these books don't come out until early next year we're still nine eight months away from the first one but you know it'll give us there's gonna be a lot of content a lot of Sanderson content next year i'm starting yep. with the the lost metal coming out later this year in november super excited right. cool rolling into that see you guys later thanks i guess